0: Dandy O'Dottie,
1: and today, guys, we're gonna just start talking about some fishing. The past few weeks, we are into the middle of it. Um, I've been going strong, really, really hard the last few days, all day, every day. If it's daytime, I've been out fishing, and it's been great. Other than dealing with some wind, Dan, you're down there all the time. Down in new report. How's that wind been treating you? Oh
0: yeah, man. The wind is just not letting up this year. We've had a lot of that southeast wind blowing in. It seems like it's just swirling around. It's not. Uh, it hasn't been. It hasn't been fun. You know. Uh, well, don't get me wrong. I'd fish in any weather and it'd make it fun. But you know, we haven't had any of those awesome days where it's just a uh, nice, flat, calm and um, you know kind of easy picking so we're dealing with some weather but you know what I don't hate it because it does keep a lot of people on, on the dock which is fine by me
1: yeah and actually this weekend was probably the first nice weather that we had I mean Saturday was a dime of a day it was absolutely beautiful Fishing was a little tough. It was a weird day. I had an off day Saturday, but uh, the rest of the weekend, yesterday was beautiful in the morning, wind picked up in the afternoon, but it wasn't too, too bad if Mm -hmm. you you timed it out right. Um, But yeah, it's been like the motif even going back to the spring. Like, I didn't do any freshwater fishing because every time I had an opportunity, the wind was blowing.
0: Yeah, it just seems to be. I don't know what's with, with the weather pattern, what's going on with it this year, but it is, uh, you know, a little bit of a pain in the ass. But I can't say, you know, this when uh, this past weekend, it was beautiful out there. Um, however, Saturday did have those big, you know, the four-foot rolls that were spaced out, and then in the mouth of the river was a little bit wild.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: If you were drifting in the mouth of the
1: river this weekend, God bless you. And you know what? Actually, all week during the week, it was pretty rough. Rough too even mm-hmm. on days when there was no wind in the morning and it was like clear out flat outside uh i think it might have been like monday or tuesday last week it was glass everywhere and i think uh i was just finishing up getting my mackerel and uh john Parker has called me and he's like dude i'm in the mouth right now I, I didn't believe him i thought he was lying he said it was an absolute shit show yeah. and uh when i went in there later on in my trip to finish up uh it was a shit show. <laughs> it was pretty nasty.
0: Yeah, man. I got to say, I was able to spend uh, most of the day Wednesday on the water. And it was a great morning. It was a little little chopped up, you know. And then the wind progressively just picked up more and more and more from the southeast. And then um, I was coming back from Sergeant's around like 2 o'clock because I had to try to get more mackerel. That's another, another topic. Yeah, we would definitely of, you know, be talking you know, about, to talk that. about that. And then we just decided to pull the plug and came back. And it was definitely definitely swelled up and uh the mouth was pretty wild we
1: um and one of the things too like being out in the water every day and you know the the wind changes while you're out there it's not always it's always seems to be a little bit more than what they forecast lately but you get to adapt and it's part of the fishing plan you know you might not be able to go do the things you want to do uh i had one trip last thursday we weren't getting out of the mouth like no ifs ands and buts about it mm-hmm. and uh i didn't have any live macro left from the morning so uh we had to stay in the river and we had a fish dead bait and it was kind of a struggle man like we we had to work. We tried a lot of different spots. Tried a lot of different things, but we were so limited for what we could do. And um, my guys helped tough. They had great attitudes. In the last hour and a half of the trip, we ended up we ended up crushing it mm-hmm. and had a lot of fun. I actually went back to the same spot three times during that trip. Oh, I left, wow. went, came back, left. and was just kind of waiting for something to happen and moving around to find something in between and it like i never really do that i'm usually like one two spots for the day maybe three we gotta look around a little bit but going to the same spot three times and just trying to throw every trick out in the book drifting casting chumming it was one of those days where you know but again the guys just kind of held strong we adapt we found out what was working we just anchored up and started chumming a little bit in the river started off with some schoolies hey we're getting something we're bending rods they're progressively getting bigger and then we ended up getting about like i think four slots out of it nice. and uh no overs that trip but i think i wrote on p- facebook we were talking about it and an old quote from one of my football coaches uh somebody would have a nice run who got tackled in the backfield and they get like three yards right and you go Uh, that's what we call making chicken salad out of chicken shit (laughs) and you know what it's all relative we were out there that day it was really tough and uh again it's so much easier as a guide too when you're out there and the people are still having fun they're not complaining about it and they're letting you do your job because i get in those situations i feel like i get hyper focused and i'm really trying to think of what to do Mm -hmm. and try to get these guys on fish so like i tend to kind of tighten up because you know you're getting you're as a guide you're getting anxious you're like all right we got to find something here and when you have the crew just laughing talking hanging out you know helping out around the boat and just shooting the shit with you instead of complaining god it makes that that process so much more relaxing easier for for me to go and make a good decision to happen, make yeah. it happen
0: that's actually the rule number one on my boat no complaining yeah well you can straight up say that (laughs) and (laughs) I do (laughs) you you definitely have that
1: great advantage (laughs) and then you know so, it, and it just kind of created the fact that, you know, that's kind of why I love chartering. All these guys, it was a split group. They were all new. I never met any of them before. They had never met each other before. Mm-hmm. And they all we all had a, we had a great time. We had a lot of laughs. It was a perfect little afternoon sunset type of thing. Nice. And, you know, like I said, making hay while the sun shines. We only got a few minutes, uh, probably about an hour of a bite. Um, but we, we made it happen. We made it happen. just kind of slowed things down try to chum them up in the wind and uh, it ended up being a good trip and then we had some other days that were completely wide open and guys you know the last week and a half I've been fishing all over the place. I mean, we were doing different tides. where we're getting the mouth is kind of rough for transiting right now. Uh, some days the river has been good, some days the ocean's been good. Uh, mackerel have been extremely difficult overall as a pattern. Um, that's something that we definitely got to talk about on here. It's the craziest thing, Dan. I even went out this morning and I actually had the day off and I just went with, a, with this actually uh, young guy from my docks who's been kinda kicking around helping people mate. His name's Hugo. Uh, we're going to get him on a podcast. He's a young kid. He's 16. And uh, we've been going out there. He's been helping me catch mackerel after my trips for the next day or, or just helping me re-rig rods and clean the boat. I'm, I'm kind of digging it, dude. I'm kind of digging the little hand, nice. the little help. I took him out fishing today. Uh And, you know, other than the mackerel, uh and it was a little rough out, so we just kind of played around with that. But with the mackerel that we had, we did catch some nice bass, which was great. But then uh after a couple hours of looking for more and more mackerel, we just decided to go in and call it a day and get some breakfast. Yeah, so. it's
0: tough, man. When you really want to fish with the live bait, you commit to the live bait, and then you can't find the live bait. And it's not like, you know, when we're out there, it's we're trying spots. It's not like just going to break and rock and like, oh, there's no mackerel, it's time to go home. It's just like, it's a lot of fuel, it's a lot of moving around, it's a lot of trying, it's a lot of time. Yeah, the mackerel picked a terrible year to be a pain in the
1: ass. Yeah, the fuel absolutely. prices right now. I mean, I know we're splitting up in the morning, you know, the guys that were leaving at the same time, and even the guys that are coming out later um we're in constant communication about where we're getting them but here's the problem dan you know if you're getting them in your boat and i'm a mile away or whatever you're like oh i just got a a string or two come on over here and it's like oh sounds like the best game in town and pulling up and going over there and they'd be gone and people would be standing there and being like ah yeah i just i just got 10 and then just shut off and it's been a constant problem for the last few weeks Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm calling in people and people are calling me in I feel like every spot I go to I'm like hitting a few right right off the bat. But they're not staying in the chum. It's been difficult. It's been frustrating. And the the striper bite's unbelievable. The stripers have been fantastic. Oh, there are so many striped bass around right now. They're really spread out too, man. Like they're really spread out. The last week I feel like I've gone to like three or four different places and I haven't seen many other boats. You know what's great crazy is there. we
0: haven't even passed the fourth of July weekend yet. Like, I know. think of think of the size of the fish that are out there and now they're all mixed in and now, oh man, it's just a, it's a bit as an awesome year for striper fishing. Oh, we got an
1: absolute pig yesterday.
0: Uh slow trolling mackerel.
1: Uh, forty nine incher. Nice. Yeah, it was an absolute stud. Actually, we had a double hookup, and uh, I think the other one might have been bigger. No, I think the other the one's other always one bigger. Might have been bigger. <laughs> the other one is always <laughs> bigger. <laughs> 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 it, it, but oh my god, the actual the girth on him. I, I'm kind of disappointed in my photo skills and my picture that I took. It didn't look that like didn't look forty nine inches. Yeah. But I took it to the tape on the ground and. Uh, Hundred percent just an absolute tank, dude. Absolute tank. When his mouth came in, Dan, I go to lip it, right? I couldn't even get my thumbs on the inside of of its lip. I had to kinda like cock my hand up and kinda get it like a curve and just to kinda lift it into the boat. Yeah. I mean, mind you, I get these weird my, my thumbs are disproportionately small to my hand anyway, but still, I never really had that problem before. It was an absolute toad. It was uh, a couple from Vermont, I think they went striper fishing once before and got one schoolie and they, they slayed some big fish. So I had a guy out yesterday afternoon, his first fish ever was a 40 incher wow I don't know if that's a good thing or if it's spoiled it's just like ruin, you, you ruined them yeah, ruined you ruined know? them that's going to be the expectation all the time for every striper mm-hmm. he ever catches
0: moving forward you know what's wild man is remember when these like 40 inch class fish 40 pound fish like that was like a trophy mm-hmm. and now it just seems like you catch them all the time well it still
1: is it still is a trophy for most people I think the fact there's a lot more of them around and when you know for guys like us who get the opportunity to go a lot mm-hmm. you know they yeah. definitely like awesome nice fish but it's been something that's been kind of you know we've been getting used to because there's just more and more of them coming in
0: definitely but yeah so like the fisherman that doesn't get out a lot and the one that you know has been putting time in it might not be you know getting the fish i do urge you to to join uh, miles of the merrimack miles of the and hop in the forum because there's a lot of good tips and tricks that are rolling around to have you be more successful in the water Trust me, I'm a guy that, you know, there are times where I work 60, 70 hours a week and unfortunately that's not on my boat. So, um, you know, to be able to, you know, have have a little bit of knowledge as to where to go and what to do. It's uh, super, super helpful to make it more effective.
1: Yeah, I and mean, we've had a good good response from people that have signed up. I've actually got a couple text messages the other day from uh, our emails actually from some of our members saying like, oh, I read that article and drift in the mouth and I applied it down to the Hanson River and caught some nice fish And I know some guys down in Danvers have taken some of the things that we've talked about in the forums and mm-hmm. have been successful. So it's been great getting to know these guys. I've been doing a lot of split boat trips lately and uh, been getting a couple of the members on the, on the boat which has been nice and they get to see each other in person so yep. i've been a little busy with the fishing this week i had a string of double six hours for for a while and uh, i had some things on the boat oh guys actually i should talk about this keep it checking all your pumps and all your systems in your boat i had my bilge pump go the other day and um i was looking at my fuel burn rate and i was burning more than i thought and the boat was riding a little bit funny and um So I took a look, I felt like, I thought I had water in my bracket, because that's been a common issue with the Armstrong brackets, and I didn't have any in there, so then the next thing I looked in was in my bilge, and in my bilge in my boat, I probably had about 50 gallons of water in there, so my bilge pump froze. So um, take a look. You know, just check your systems before you go out. Hit the switch. Make sure things are working. Um, this happened in the in must have happened like a couple of days before because there's no way I was taking on water. But from the you know, cleaning the boat, we had a day of rain, a rough day in the mouth. You mm-hmm. know, water splashing out of the live. All it, it all added up, and that bilge pump must have been broken for for a while. So. Yeah, you
0: know what's funny? After a day of rain, I'll go down to my boat and I hop on it. And then uh, the float switch will kick on, and it will throw out the water that comes in. And I'm just like, oh, man, that makes me feel
1: fat. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, I'm that fat. moving all that water down, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> but we were able to get that squared away. Nothing like working on pumps after a double six-hour trip. But, uh, mm-hmm. but we're good to go. I'm actually going to put a secondary one in probably in the next week just to be safe. So well, I don't think it would hurt. Yeah. Definitely not. But uh, going back to the fishing, you know they're a lot more spread out. Um, seems like the morning bite and with uh, the the top waters and things like that has been kind of like in the regular pattern. It's starting to die down. Not saying that it's not there if you put your time in, but mm-hmm. it was definitely not as easy as it was at the beginning of June. And that's kind of like a transitional period that we're used to seeing around here.
0: Yeah, to- I think top water like the fat big ones, like throwing the dock. Yeah, still is making it happen. Yeah, um, definitely
1: out in the beach and stuff too. Yeah. We, uh, we did have some herring feeds again this week, which was really nice uh, in the morning, but they got less and less as, as the week went on, and they kind of popped up out of nowhere because I hadn't seen any in the morning, at least on the way out. You know, if, That's usually the plan right now, going out to get mackerel, yep. and if you're seeing them pop... You
0: know, take take a stop. I have not taken a stab at tuna fishing, but it does look like tuna fishing is great this year.
1: I can't wait to get out. Um, I was hoping to get out this week, but I ended up booking the days that I had
0: off. So yeah, seeing a fair amount of fish being caught, a lot of fish coming into the fish pier.
1: Well, that that's another thing. The harpoon guys have been having a great season too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of those guys are really racking up, getting multiple fish a day. And oh man, I can't remember. There's there's special days now that you can commercially tuna fish can't remember exactly what they are off the top of my head uh i think it's like monday tuesday sunday something like that
0: i don't yeah, know yeah i kind of like the way they did it though with the three fish bunch group the days together makes yeah it totally makes sense
1: yeah it's almost like commercial bass fishing now right we can only we can only fish a few days a week so and um i'm not really uh commercial bass open last week uh, the prices I, I heard that people were getting at least on wednesday were down like around 350 four bucks so it's generally a little low for what we're used to um, and the tuna fishing I think I talked to a guy the other day he got like eight bucks back to his boat so that's not bad no nope. um, I know I've been marking a lot of tuna a few weeks ago I had seen him jumping around I think we talked about it in our lot, lot, last podcast, around that time frame, we saw a lot jumping while we were out getting bait. And I've been marking them <laughs> on the screen. Whenever I, I think I marked one at Breaking Rock this morning, actually, yeah. in about 70 feet, 70 feet of water. So, nice. And that's probably one of those things that are pushing all those mackerel around. I've been definitely seeing uh, a lot of life out in the beaches. And, uh, and you know, again, uh, even when we were getting a lot of mackerel over the weekend, it was so calm in the morning. Um, they were all on top. know you know i thought they were pokey schools kind of at first Mm -hmm. and um they were hard to catch they were just moving they were boat shy you couldn't chum them up uh and most of the mackerel i've been getting lately with the with the exception yeah it's so weird i went to one spot two days ago went back there yesterday two days ago they were all huge horse mackerel Yesterday, they were all little tinkers. Went there today, I got two. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: And that's kind of like what it's been.
0: Yeah, the pogies have been funny, too, because one day they're as thick as hell and they're everywhere, and then the next they're gone.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen a big... I haven't even seen a bass blow a pogie school up yet, but I have caught some fish in the pogie schools.
0: Yeah, since our last podcast, I did have one day that was uh, unbelievable in the pogie schools. Oh, that's Uh, right. They were exploding everywhere. And uh, the best thing about it was a little rough was the only one out there. I went out to find mackerel and i couldn't find mackerel and i was about to go back into the river with my tail between my legs and start throwing plugs and all of a sudden it was just like oh there's a bogey school and then uh, i was basically from the mouth of the river all the way to sea glass and just drifted with them and consistently caught 40 inch fish yeah i remember you texting me we, oh my god we've both been so
1: busy i don't think we've ever sat we even talked yeah, about no. it on the phone i just remember you texting me saying you were hammering them
0: yeah i go i've got a few fish that were over 30 pounds
1: so, yeah. What I mean, day
0: was that? Yep. Um, I want to say that was a Thursday. That
1: was Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, I was like, was that the day after we went out after the podcast? Uh, I think, no, yes. Yeah. Was.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, because that's right when it happened. So, what, what was I doing? Was I off the, I wasn't on the water.
0: No, you point. weren't. You weren't. You had gone in. I think you were going back out, though. You were between trips. I was between trips, right? Yeah. Dude, that killed me a couple times um,
1: earlier in the week. It seemed like in the mouth, drifting the mouth the real good bite was happening right at dead slack. And yeah. I plan planned my trips to, like to kind of be on our way in at that
0: time, you know? Mm-hmm. You we know, trying yeah. to fish the best of it. So so I got to say, though, this pogey school that we were in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, baiting <laughs> circle hooks with these pogies was awesome because they were small.
1: Yeah, they, were, they are small they, Yeah, They
0: were smaller. So they, they, we were catching, not only were we catching 40-inch fish, but it was like 30, got a few 31s, a bunch of slot fish.
1: Yeah, I got a 27-01 on the other day. Which yep. was I just put it on a down rod and drifting them you under the. You kind of know when
0: it's a twenty cent because they chop on it for so long and then you can actually see the pogey like f- floating around on the hook <laughs> when you're <laughs> reeling it in because you couldn't get it down its throat. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's that was, that's another problem with the mackerel is when we are getting them. A lot of the times they're huge, so um, what I was doing earlier in the week to kind of. I don't like I'm drifting four guys if I'm drifting in the the Merrimack or the Parker or the Hampton which all three I fished in the past week um those big mackerel are hard to drift with four people because they're swimming around they get tangles and then you know there's a lot of different size fish in those places it's a good mix but those are like your action spots right those are the spots where you want to go to bend a lot of rods and then like you get the lucky lottery pick of the slots and the overs as well yep um but when you're fishing those big mackerel you know you're going to really shun off a lot of fish they die a little bit quicker they get sluggish Um, So I don't like drifting big mackerel. So what we were doing is we were getting as many mackerel as we could. And then I'd fish chunks. I'd chunk them or strip them and fish either fillets or chunks until we either caught a keeper or, you know, somebody. I I started seeing rods bending around me, just the action picking up a little bit. And then we switch over to the liveys. And uh, believe it or not, we actually did catch... A lot of our slots and our overs are in chunks too. When we started throwing the liveies down, we saved the. I say I would save the tinkers. Like say we had like fifteen tinkers out of like the fifty macro we had. Yep. We were saving those to when the bite got really good, and then we throw them down and hopefully get like the keeper fish while we were in that stage of the tide. So that was that was one tactic that we used to save our live fish for the best period of time, mm-hmm. which was
0: nice. Um, but yeah, presentation is everything. Yeah. You know, whether it's a live bait, dead bait, fake boat, any type of bait. You know, if, you sw- if something's not working, you got to switch it up. Write down, you know, what we should talk about a little bit is hook presentation, uh, hook placement in the mackerel when you're fishing with them. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. You absolutely. Know? It's one of my favorite talks Everyone on my boat, a lot of people always ask, like, how are we putting them on? I do them like this. So, yep. all right, how do you do it?
0: Uh, So, I actually learned a lot from you, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, I basically have, with bass, I have three different ways of hooking them. Um, Drifting, I will go through two nostrils, uh, and then trolling live, I'll go through the bridge of the mouth and out the forehead, Mm -hmm. and then trolling dead, I will go lock so both jaws shut. Yeah. So, through the chin and out the nose.
1: Yeah, so very similar to me, too. I used to always go through the nostrils. But I found you get a lot of the turn back on yeah, that. You, that does, that's
0: the biggest downfall to that. It's a pain in the ass. It's the
1: biggest downfall of circle hooks in general. So
0: that like, when you get a hit or you get a tap, like I won't leave my bait down there. I immediately bring it up. If I'm not, you know, I give it a second, see if I can hook the fish. But yeah. If it's it not to go limp, or if I'm, if it continues to hit, and I'm still not hooking the fish. I know that that hook is fouled in the in the bait. Yeah, you can almost
1: like feel it just kind of get yeah. slid out of its mouth. You feel the bump, 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 and it just pulls. Yeah, you know, and like, it just hell?
0: it ends up setting itself in its cheek or something. You know. Yeah, the hook just turns back, and I found I was
1: getting more of that when I was going through the nostrils. So even when I drift now, I just go through up one top of the mouth. But they definitely do live longer going through the nostrils. Mm-hmm. That's something I might do, like when I'm out ballooning, basically like if. If I'm pulling a mackerel, either on a drift or a troll, I'll center that hook right down the, right up the top of the roof and uh, and pull it so it tracks straight. Yeah. You ever go you go with the, the dorsal like when ballooning? Mm-hmm. So when I balloon, a lot of times with pogies too. When I'm freelining them. Like I'm, I'm spot locked, and I'm p- just pitching pogies behind the boat. Well, they're a pain in the ass. They're a big fish, and they love swimming right up, right up the side of the boat into the trolling mm-hmm. motor. It's almost like there's a pogie attracting at the end <laughs> yeah. of that thing. So one of the things, if they're doing that, one of the ways we mitigate it is I'll take the hook and hook it in the like by the anal fin, like down at the bottom, oh, and it will right. swim away from the boat. And uh, and actually, the hookup ratio is pretty decent on that too.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's actually a good idea because you have the sinker that's obviously below the fish. Yeah, right. So
1: yeah, I'm usually not fishing weights in that situation. I'm Usually really? pitching them behind the boat. I'm fishing shallow most of the time. Okay. When I'm doing when I'm free lining them, if I'm ballooning them like in deep water where there's no current, yeah, and you got to get the balloons to get it away from the boat. Um, yep. Then I usually, it depends, and it's something I always play with. You know, sometimes I'll hook them in the back by the dorsal fin. Sometimes I'll hook them in the nose. So it's still something that. Um, I would say for the most part, I'd hook them in the nose uh, when I'm ballooning them. Um, yep. I think Mike Mike does the same as well. It, I guess it depends. If I'm fishing treble hooks, like on a commercial day or old school, I'd go through the dorsal fin. Yeah. But with circles, probably right through the nose still. So. And, um, and then when they're dead, you know, you're usually drifting and trolling them dead. Like you said, button up the lips. You, what do you guys want? You want the lips closed. You don't want the mouth to open and the gills to flare out for it to spin. I mean, they're dead. They're going to spin. But um, it just looks way better with the mouth closed up for sure. Yeah. And uh, dead tinker mackerel. Actually, dead baits have been working really well for me this year just in
0: general. So, and then another good point you brought up too is... You know, chunking is awesome, but I love using macro fillets because you get that nice flutter. Yeah. You know, when they're turning, it's turning in the water. I find it to be a really good technique to do the fillets over
1: chunks, especially when there's a big sand eel presentation around. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, sometimes, like, on the turn of the tide, those, those turns and stuff will push those seagulls in uh, from the north jetty end. Sometimes you can drift strips trip, of fillets through there, uh, some of the bass in the bottom, if there are out there. If they are out there, you know you could have a field day on those like little twenty-six inch schoolies. Yep, and that's the other thing too. We've had quite a quite a big increase in in those smaller fish. Yep, uh, Christ, we've had we've had some days down south uh, trolling the beach or fishing in the pocker in the Anascombe River area, and schoolies galore, getting a couple keepers uh, for the grill and then just um hopefully popping up a, a big overfish or something like that so nice you know um but like it's definitely out of everything I've done the last couple of weeks it is predominantly like 95% been a uh, bait game whether live or dead yeah. the lore stuff just hasn't been i mean we've had days we've had mornings uh uh, where it was very productive, but yeah, right now if you if you want the most success throughout for, for the day, you're probably best off going to get bait. Yep. and like I said, the pogies have had fish on them. But they've they've been uh, smaller schools. They've been hard to snag, and um, you just gotta get them, either drop them down and drift, or troll them around, and um, you you can be successful. And that's I'm kind of hoping some more pogies come in because the mackerel has just been such a nightmare. I mean, we've been getting enough for every trip, like, but not those mornings where you're filling up for the morning, the afternoon, and then you know leftovers for tomorrow either. Yeah. So that, that's been that's been tough.
0: But So for the people that, that fish off the beach, you know, I know they do say that 20% of the mackerel catch comes from off the beach, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously you're not, you're not searching for live bait. So you're going to a bait shop if you are chunking or if you're doing, um, you know, whether it be clams, whether it be mackerel, whatever you're using. But if you are using mackerel, this is something that you, sh- you probably know or you might not. Um, I always ask your shop if they have fresh mackerel because the fresh mackerel have a tougher skin. They're going to stay on the hook better um, than, than anything that's frozen.
1: Yeah, when you guys, when you you serve guys or boat guys, when you're going to a bait shop, and you take a look, take a minute to go through the bags of mackerel. Some of them are going to be in better shape than others. Some of them might be fresher. Some of them might have been, like, dried off before they were put in the bag. I mean, those guys are working hard. They get people in left and right. They're just kind of throwing them in a the bag and throwing them in the freezer yep. for the, or refrigerator for the most part. So take a look at the eyes. You want nice, clean eyes. You want a good, shiny color. Um, you know, if you can still see some green and pink on the skin, um you don't want any freeze or burn you don't want you know check the firmness the firmer they are the better check the bellies you don't want soft bellies blowing out so even if mackerel supply is low um if you take a time and go through the mackerel at the bait shop there are definitely de- better batches mixed in there absolutely so yeah
0: because there's nothing worse i've been there i was a beach fisherman for a long time and like you bait the hook and like, it's all they got and you go to throw it and it's just your bait goes one way and the hook goes the other (laughs) and and i know
1: uh our buddies and lady rebecca who are the guys that supply most of the mackerel around here uh you guys know the boat if you're local to the river you've seen it out there with the mackerel wheels those big orange things uh you know it's talked uh, it's more downtown uh, Joe, Joe, and I saw Harry today at Hudson's actually. Oh, cool! Yeah, and um, those guys have been providing the sop- shops with mackerel for the last few weeks. And thank God, and you know what, they've been going far for them. They've been they've been making a trek. So, um, you know, if you pick up any bait from like Crossroads Surfland... Land. Uh, uh straight line at rainies and bridge road you know those guys are getting their mackerel locally from joe so it's great Yeah, it's awesome support your local fishermen and we'll get we'll get joe and harry on here soon i promise (laughs) i hope so harry harry told me he wants to do it today so nice so we gotta get it done um so that that's been pretty cool for them uh oh what else
0: Well, we're going into America's birthday weekend, so... Oh, is that this weekend, 4th of July? Yeah, I hope everyone just, you know, stays safe out there. Nothing goes too crazy. Uh, There's probably going to be a lot of boats on the water. It's looking like it's going to be a beautiful weekend. Um, everyone should you know mind your space be mindful of other boaters around you or fishermen around you and drive safe
1: out there please make good decisions absolutely it's not just you and your crew but there's other people out there trying to enjoy the weekend I remember growing up man it seemed like every July 5th there was a boat on one of the jetties do we saw one time? So I must have been like early high school. We were watching the fireworks at my friends at the Iron Isles Beach House, mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, and we were up on the on the deck on the porch on the second level, and uh, just kind of hanging out. And all of a sudden we hear bang and see like a fire and smoke, and it was a boat that hit the north jetty on the way in, like halfway through the halfway through the jetty. So you know, be careful, guys. Oof. The barge is back they put the barge back yep so that's pretty cool haven't seen that in a couple years because of covid they weren't doing fireworks so they didn't put the barge so maybe there's a big striper lurking underneath there just hiding and getting out of the Sun
0: yeah I was actually just thinking that
1: I remember when they when they were dredging the North Jetty they put the barge there to get all the equipment on and off yeah and uh yeah they, they were they would hang right under right under the structure you know yeah but you know right in the shade particularly i remember it was later in the year too but you can't you couldn't drift that uh, when they were working you couldn't get too close to when they were actively working on there they'd push you off so yep but if they weren't it was game on
0: yeah i mean from my understanding bass don't like light yeah right, right?
1: They, they're just like us I, I mean sometimes like when i'm up river i'll go fish like a little a shady section if it's really hot Mm-hmm. Sometimes you could pick away at some more fish in there. Yep. So um yeah, that's still. I haven't fished that in a while, but that was going pretty strong. I heard the traffic was unbelievable up there this weekend. I this weekend when I saw the traffic,
0: I, I booted. I, I went away from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Well, it that's, that's just it. it. Like everything's so spaced out right now. I feel like you can find your own way. You can literally get fish pretty much anywhere right now. Yep. Yeah. You know, you can get them in. in well, the, the river thing systems. about it too is like you know someone will tell you to go to one spot, but it doesn't mean they're gonna be there the next time yeah. that you go. You know, so you're better off finding your own way and just making an adventure it's called fishing and not catching
1: i'm doing some new things here and there or at least trying stuff out like on a trip or two mm-hmm. and uh you know being like i said there's fish around when there's fish around you you can try new things and see how it works and we've been successful um look, i'm just about to launch a blog tomorrow on one of the new lures that we've picked up this year and um uh, i know you guys have been trying it out me you john mike And we've had great success so we'll talk about that in a members only blog it's been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. with this new lore and in the situations it's been super productive i got my first 45-incher on it this year our first 40-incher
0: yeah that was early that was the one that was was like
1: before memorial day yeah yeah (laughs) and uh, I did a charter where all we did was use this lure and we absolutely we crushed it we absolutely crushed it, it was a lot of fun That's awesome so hopefully there's more situations I'm playing around with it in some other spots right now that the fish have kind of moved outside mm-hmm. you know but this is my This is my favorite time of year. Even though June's easy, like, in terms of, like, you're kind of staying in the river, you're throwing lures, you know, whatever bait you have, bait's easy to get. Now, I'll get into, like, the little bit of tougher months, but I love beachfront fishing. I love being in the open ocean. I don't know what it is. I feel like that's... I'm really comfortable. I'm really comfortable out there. No,
0: it's just... It's awesome because you're not dealing with the, the current and the traffic and the frogger and, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... You can, you can relax a little bit more
1: it is way more less stress way less stressful atmosphere yeah.
0: as a guide
1: to to kind of be out there and like there'll be some boats around but you know you can move around quickly access it's not like like you know like oh uh, i'm like on joppa do i go up river right now do i stay here but you know making that trip up river that's an hour Between the 20 minutes to digs the ride, 20 minutes to fish, see if anything's on. Oh, shit, i got to go back. That's an an hour. Mm -hmm. On the beachfront, you just pick up and go. Five-minute ride, try something for 10 minutes. Nope, keep going. Keep going till you find life. So that's just kind of something I've always loved to do. And uh, you know what I've been doing lately, too, Uh, for trolling, trolling live mackerel uh, with circle hooks? I've actually, if I have smaller tinker mackerel, I've been trolling with my drags locked up. As opposed to kind of letting them run yep. and then hitting them. And the hookup ratio has been really great.
0: Yep. I've, I've actually been doing that for a little while now. It's yeah. how, I, how I roll. Just lock them up and let it go. I feel like when you get picked off, like, could it be a bigger fish? Yeah. But usually you know, not. It's usually not, right? It's usually a schoolie, And the big ones just inhale them. And as long as you're going that, like, 1.8 to 2.4 miles an hour it's yeah. kind of my zone. Um, it seems like they just swallow them all. I'll, I'll tell
1: you what, Dan, I've been using my trolling motor more um, to troll out there yeah. or even in the river or out on the beaches. And um, the fact that I can go like 0.8 to 1 and just my baits, I'm not, I'm control drifting, drifting right now. Like yeah. I'm not. I'm not trolling. I'm controlled drifting and I'm able to fish a few more lines and get creative with how I'm floating things out.
0: Oh, I think I might try that tomorrow. Thank you. You should. Yeah.
1: It's been good. That's another thing we're going to talk about on on a members only. It's been.
0: uh, Yeah, because you really just need to go enough speed so you can keep that bait out there. So mm -hmm. they're not going to swim into each other. They're not going to be crossing each other. You know, you just want the lines back there. But you want to cover ground, but you also don't want to rip through it either.
1: Yeah, and that's. uh, And for me, the biggest thing with the speed with my outboard like if i'm lucky i can go like 2.2 2.5 luck if i'm lucky but the other issue is like yesterday afternoon for example my troll motor died i put like 10 hours on it and when that wind cranked up it was like on level 10 for like three hours I know, before wish went. i
0: plug mine in today I'm where i'm at and uh, i like to drain the batteries before I, i'm just like psycho like that why yeah. do you really yeah God, i better go, for the battery exactly yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, I think one of my batteries is acting a little funky, too.
0: Oh, speaking of batteries, Uncle Uncle Bubba got a couple new batteries. Today, oh, yeah. we got a couple <laughs> new
1: batteries. Did you Did you hear the whole story about what happened? I
0: did, yeah. Oh, when the towboat
1: guy <laughs> <got>, came? <laughs> oh, this is great. We, we uh, I asked him if he wanted to come do this tonight. He's like, oh, no, I might be busy. <laughs> yeah, right. So, anyways, we'll, we'll tell the story.
0: NYPD Blue is on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, uh, so I'm. A, I'm a, I'll tell you from my perspective. You you can confirm or deny yeah, as I go yeah. along here. So I'm about out on a trip yesterday. I know my dad was going down to. I can't tell you exactly where it is because it's his special little cove, and I can't tell you because he just calls it the cove. I don't even think it has a. Does it, it have an it actual does name? Have
0: a name? Yeah. Is
1: it oh, uh, I don't Perkins? I keep, keep something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, keep it. Keep it out of there. Anyway, so and my mom my
0: brother and just so you know it's not a fishing spot we're hiding it's actually a pleasure boating like hangout spot it's yeah. just nice and there's not a there's no there's no room for you guys <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, he calls me up and he goes hey you want to you out right now i'm like yep and he goes no nah, my boat's dead i'm like oh where are you he tells me where he is i'm like are you anchored out i'm like uh i'm like do you need a jump start like what do you need like um, i got an hour left and i was like preparing to go drop these guys off and then go down down that way wasn't really happy about it but then i was like wait a minute call tobo he's like yeah yeah i'll call tobo so he wasn't getting power and then i i kept calling on him like every like hour to see like where he was at so damn what ended up being the, the problem <laughs>
0: So like his post came off the battery. Yeah, he told me his post, his battery was broken. The yeah, post he broke came the off. battery. You know what it is? Is like his forearms are just way too. His forearms are way too strong, and they <laughs> just torque down on the post a little too much. <laughs> oh wait, so that's no, that's not the whole story. <laughs> so
1: the towboat guy. This is on, uh, the towboat guy came down, and. My father and mother, when they were talking to me, they were on the speakerphone in the car and they, they were laughing about it. They were so concerned about the starting battery and they knew that that was broken. So they were playing around with the post and everything, everything was like locked up. And the guy came to jumpstart him, and the other battery Just the nut wasn't tightened down enough, so he tightened the nut, and then it started right up. Oh, my God. He told me he
0: had broken posts on both batteries. Well, they
1: they were broken posts, so he didn't need to get new batteries, (laughs) but it would have been fine if that, because they were broken, and he was playing with them a couple weeks ago, right? they were broken he was playing with them a couple of weeks ago and he didn't tighten one of them enough so yeah. he was so focused on that one battery yesterday he completely didn't even think about the other one <laughs> but man he's always had battery issues on that particular boat i think uh one of his older fish finders used to drain we got our battery died when we were out tuna fishing one day out there and yep. we had to get jump started so he's always been kind of playing around with it um and it's a pain in the ass he's gonna like take a panel he's gonna take his switches and his panel off oh, to wow. get to his battery and it's a small area in the boat he his boat's beautiful but the way all of the the pumps and hoses and batteries are all... Yeah, it's all stuffed in there. Oh, man. It's not like ours.
0: We just open up a hatch and voila, everyone's yeah, there. I everyone's mean, there. The hardest part about changing out my battery is the 20 pounds I have to lose to do it. Yeah, no okay. kidding. <laughs> Dude, is the door in your boat? Oh, yeah, I know it is. Yeah. The door in my boat...
1: My God! It just needed to be a quarter inch bigger for yeah. my whole body to slip in there. <laughs> I'm like a mushroom when I go in there. If I yeah. go too far, my belly gets stuck. It's like an arrowhead. Yeah, it's yeah. a harpoon. I harpoon myself into the boat.
0: You gotta like turn and I do like him. Molly, get the tannin oil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Like hey, soak me down. I gotta slide out of
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> and then just rotating
1: around. Oh man, we gotta lose weight just for fishing season. Yeah, yeah seriously. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually you know what was a cool little lore on those herring feeds that I got to finally got a chance to throw out um uh, that little nomad riptide, and oh, the yeah, floating the riptide's one. And
0: the riptide is really cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, I was fishing it side by side to a jumping minnow a couple mornings. And you guys all know you hear me talk about. It. I love the jumping minnow. It's one of my favorite lures. But what was nice about the riptide, and I was actually fishing gold. I was fishing a darker color for the early mm-hmm. morning, and it was out fishing uh, the sluggos and the jumping minnows we were throwing. Yep. And uh, what I like about this lure, it's a little bit bigger than the, uh, than the jumping minnow it comes with the
0: bkk hooks so you don't have to replace any hooks yeah those bkk hooks are nice they are sharp man yeah sharp as hell and they seem to not rust up as quick as others yeah
1: i really like them they're they're pretty new to america um i'm probably gonna pick some more i've been using their uh they're um, sluggo hooks too this year. I uh, surfland carried them and I grabbed a couple packs and they're super sharp and super strong. So mm-hmm. uh, as, instead of the owner beast, you know, with the those big ones, those big swim bait hooks with the uh, little yep. spring. They're kind of like the same concept, but uh, no, I've liked them a lot so far. And I've been using the, I got some uh, Eagle Claw Trocars too. Yep. Same kind of thing and uh, both of them have been held up held It really up is amazing
0: man of the, the technology and the investment in the R&D to make stuff that we have today I, I just feel like everything is so quality. I mean you get what you pay for right,
1: you know You really do you really do you get what you pay for and when you go to those types of company You, know, you can buy some cheap hooks on on Amazon or eBay or something like that, but you know When you're out there every day, you're spending all that money and a good quality hook, like for instance, uh, you know, like a a couple of my, on that new lure that we were talking about, the Mm -hmm. stock hooks that came on, I've already bent a few out and they're rusting up. So Mm -hmm. Mike did a great job making some replacement hooks for me. He, He put Flashaboo on the tail and he did some for himself. So he whipped up about 10 more for me and I'm about to put them on tonight actually. Nice. So I'm excited about that to have some nice, strong, strong hooks and that. Hopefully it won't bend. Um, yeah, but back to that Riptide lure. And just because it's like something new, you know, that I liked using that was successful. It's a floater. It's a floating stick bait, right? Yep. So think of like the tuna guys down at the Cape that are throwing like the strategic angler type lures. So ones that you cast and you just kind of reel in quickly in big swipes. And they're underwater kind of um, walk the dog fast lures. So yep. in the floating one, it floats. So it's more like a, a spook. But it also works when it digs underwater as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the jumping minnow when it digs doesn't really do as well. I feel like I don't catch as much. But if I was burning the riptide across, uh, I'd rip- still get underwater. The has a knocker in it, right? And it's got a it's got a nice rattle in it. Yeah. It casts farther, it casts straight. it doesn't get caught in the wind. Yep. So I got a white one and a gold one to start the year, and the gold nice. one I've been fishing lately, and it's been it's been really really good. It's been I fun.
0: Do, I do so officially on the boat i will always have in the center rod holder above up top i have the saragossa 18k yeah with the challenger heavy that i built yeah with the big riptide yeah and it's just ready for when a tuna fish decides to make an appearance well especially when they're on the mackerel right Do you yeah. have the mackerel color oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too yeah. i hooked up on that on jeffries a couple of
1: years ago mm-hmm. actually and that's what kind of got me into nomad i don't even know how i got it the first time i think so I I there's
0: went- something about nomad like the lua's are just so sexy They are. It's kind of.
1: I'm kind of thrown off by the color patterns on some of them, so I got to kind of branch out and try some of the weird colors.
0: But uh, you know, every one that I've thrown, I mean, uh, has I been think successful. I think part of that is the marketing because it's like, oh, look how cool this color is. Look how cool this. Like, I mean, it attracts me more than it attracts a fish. Well, you
1: got to remember too, they base. I think they're Australian, right? Yeah, they based out of Australia, yeah, so they, they got, got a lot of reef, reef fish. Yeah, reef yeah, fish and all those colorful clownfish and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, how cool that be if we could throw clownfish lures? I know. Straight. I do
0: feel like it's like, oh, macro pattern white. Yeah, it's black, black white, yellow, <laughs> <Yeah>. black, dark. <laughs> But it makes it easier.
1: Like, <laughs> I was thinking about it this year too. Like, I had like seven boxes of deep planels just filled with lures. And I'm like, you know what? I'm scaling everything down. And yeah, we brought you know, out. You know what I got
0: actually that I didn't have it, I never even used and I wanted to was the uh, the Rapala Skitterwalk. Oh, yeah. How was it? I actually bought two of them. I haven't thrown them yeah, yet. Yeah, I haven't thrown it yet. But it does seem like it's going to be. A, it's like a jumping minnow. Yeah. Uh, you know? I'm always looking for other stuff like the jumping minnow. Yeah. Because uh, I as much as i love to give it credit it's like there's got to be something else out there <laughs> i i know
1: i know i know and then we just, and i feel like no matter what we get we kind of always go back to that jumping minnow lego stuff yeah i, I mean, know th- one thing like on my on my ch- customers like i'll start with those basics and then just i'll have a rod and i'll play around with it and see all that
0: working and, and switching <laughs> them out yeah and we, we might though. have i might have mentioned this before you might have mentioned this before the jumping minnow is like the best lure to build rod and reel Control with Mm -hmm. it is because you know you there's really only one way you can truly work it yeah right and you need to have a, the proper cadence in your reel and you're going to work the rod correctly mm-hmm. or it's not going to do a damn thing and you know what the fish really let you know on that lure if you're fishing it
1: right if you're not yeah. fishing it right they're not going to hit it yeah and it's and i think it's actually probably a little bit of a harder lure than, than most people oh think yeah absolutely like, especially when you're in the river but once you get it down current. you but can catch you get a fish on every cast when you get it down it's it's an absolute tank of lure mm-hmm. absolute tank of lure Caught some big fish on that thing too like you'd be shocked yeah, i would like to put some bkk hooks on my jumping i think i've been using I only have a dozen of them i've been using size one or size two vmcs on them mm-hmm. but after uh the riptide comes with the the bkk's and they definitely are a lot lighter than the vmcs and like i think they're stronger and like i said they are just deathly deathly sharp yep deathly sharp so I hope they come out with a really nice circle hook for stripers. I know they do have circle hooks, but I didn't see one that I liked. I wrote a letter to Mustad. Did I tell uh, you yeah, this? Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, have
0: you gotten a response? No.
1: No, they wanted nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah,
0: well, that's because the hook's going to come out in like six months. And yeah. Like what we discovered.
1: So guys, I'm just putting it on record now. In six months, Mustad comes out with a circle hook that has a little stopper. So you bait, like how we talked about earlier, how your hook turns and twists on the fish and hooks itself i i wrote a long email to Mustab with a couple hand-drawn pictures of some ideas hoping that they would start at least making them i don't even care if, if they give us any credit or anything <laughs> well be nice but uh yeah if you see those you heard it here first it was our idea i'm sure other people have emailed them
0: but i don't know maybe not <laughs> and we should you know what we should get a soldering gun that, would probably do the trick, right? Yeah. You know, would you have to weld it or solder it? How would it work No, Probably, probably solder.
1: I know. I know. I know. People have done that before for other things. They solder a little, a little piece of weight for like a rig deal or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you
0: could do that as a little macro Just Put like stopper. a little bead on the hook. Yeah. Boop. Try it out. Make a couple this week. Yeah. you know how it works. Well, I feel like it. Like if you if you're doing nostril hooking, right? Like where it would terminate or where it would yeah. end. Like you just put the bead right there, rather than yeah. all the way up on the shank. I think I, I think I would put it on the shank because it's all right if it's where.
1: Because you don't want it too low because if you if you hook a striper, will it stop it oh, from yeah. penetrating? Yeah. Right. All right. So like you usually don't get one halfway. Probably like. I would probably put it either a little above or a little below 90 degrees. No, that's a good point. You know,
0: I never even thought of that because you could solve one problem and create another. Exactly. So I think
1: it has to be higher. I mean, that hook really does have to turn quite a bit for it to rehook into a bait. Mm -hmm. So I figured, like, probably, like, right where the point, point, (laughs) right where the circle hook comes back and points at the shank, probably just either a little above or, yeah, probably a little above or a little below that yeah but like it's definitely something we'd have to play around with you should you should you should try it yeah i'll mess around with it (laughs) feed the guinea pig do you have a soldering gun
0: not that i don't need i don't need 28 hours in the day right now or anything you know but i know no kidding Well, (laughs) well that's the thing man it's like you
1: know on my downtime, i've been getting a little bit of a blog done as, as i go and mm-hmm. it's a it's crunch time this this season uh, the fishing season is not easy on your body on your diet i mean listen to me it's like seven o'clock eight o'clock right now and uh i got like the tired voice going on <laughs> but uh it's been it's been a lot of fun the past week i've met a lot of new people out there seeing a lot of our members out in the water uh people are listening to the podcast and stuff so
0: yep and we also got to say too we still do not have an official winner for fish bingo
1: i know we got i think we got two guys that have one left and both of them yep. it's a tough one it's a tough one i think one's an albie and one is a trout so. yeah so it might even be yeah come september who knows yeah end of august you never know guys so if you want to f- join up to our fish bingo go to miles of the you can sign up there and take a look at the rules it's, it's pretty fun you just go try to catch five species in a row own unique unique bingo card and you get a 500 gift card to hudson's tackle so and i uh, saw steve today he's doing good the stock is the, the shop is stocked with stuff
0: oh nice so if
1: anybody's looking to get any new high-end shimano type of gear uh, he had boxes and boxes of new reels Excellent. coming in. Excellent. So uh, they got a great selection of, of rods, particularly from um, Ledge Life Tackle. Harry was there getting some things squared away and uh, took a look at some of the striper spinners that he just made up. And yeah, uh, if
0: you haven't heard me talk about the 3060 rod, and if you're an offshore like ground for a person, fishing person, awesome, awesome fishing rods. Like a, It's a custom rod at a reasonable price yeah and i was just i got to talk to him about it a little bit today and
1: you know it's always good to support local people who are passionate about what they do too hell so, yeah
0: and then uh that's what it's all about man community Yep, yeah, absolutely you know i wish some of some of the people on the river were a little nicer to each other but hey you know whatever yeah you know <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> yeah. but uh no man all right so yeah so moving on to fourth of july weekend happy birthday america again everyone america. fun out there it's, uh, it's, a good, yeah, it's a good time to be around. It looks like the weather's going to shape up, the wind's going to die down for a few days, and uh, the fishing's going to continue to be dynamite. I know that.
1: Oh, and then, you know, also this time of year is the start of the one thing we all dread. The greenhead season. Oh, dun dun, dun 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 dun! Those little bastards. Oh, that's one time last they're year. They're not little bastards because I am. Dan walked in. I was just finishing up a blog that I'm going to post out in about an hour. So if you go to mouthsofthemerrimac.com, uh, I got a little blog about greenheads going. And let me tell you something. I learned some cool things, Dan. I learned some cool things about greenheads when I was researching some of the, you know, the intro stuff. You know, some of the yeah. basics of it. Well, I'll, I'll throw out one of those. Did you know? Every greenhead that bites you is a female. No, the females,
0: blood sucking. Oh, so I'm bitches. a lady killer. You're a lady killer. <laughs> I was just thinking about last year when they were in full swing. I was fishing in Java Flats, <sighs> and I when I started to like put all my stuff away to get going, I looked down at the deck, and there was like a thousand dead greenheads on the boat, <laughs> oh. so I was just whacking at them. Well, it's actually good because every time you kill one.
1: They, they they reproduce eggs continually throughout the summer. Yeah. So every time, I don't want to tell my whole blog. you got to go to the website oh, to check yeah. that All out. Right, I'll it <laughs> out. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I just spent so much time writing this. That's yeah, very good. <laughs> but yeah, man, they're actually a really cool, cool, unique insect. I didn't realize a lot of the stuff that they do and uh, learned a lot. And we're going to talk about how to get them off of you, get them away from you and um, some of the products and some of the steps that you can take. Like, for example, it's one of the things that decided how my boat looked. Um, when, we were, when I ordered my pair custom, um, you have the options to choose colors and, uh, and piping, like if you want powder coat, white, black, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted either a light gray or a white boat with black piping and then i just remembered all greenheads are attracted to dark colors and i remember in my parker i had a navy blue uh t-top man and oh those things were an absolute mag that was a magnet and i'd look up it looked like the freaking plague of moses you know what i mean when they had the locusts come in it was awful so I literally chose my boat colors and, and reneged on the, the black powder coating because of green heads. Wow. They ruined my, my dream beautiful boat. But I like the boat I got now. So You were smart, though. You went with the white powder coating. White on white, baby. You, you must be pretty. I keep it clean. Pretty green head free out there. That's no, they, they still find you. <laughs> um, if, you're, if your boat was dark blue like mine, they'd be all over you. Yeah. So you took a right step. You took a right step in that Unknowingly, boat. I just thought it looked clean and awesome.
0: The <laughs> boat's like banana cream pie. Ugh, dude, it does look so
1: good on the river in the morning. I take a picture of it. I'm, I don't send them to you, but I have a bunch of pictures of your boat, by the way, on my phone. <laughs> Uh, dude that's the other thing i'm so bad at i'm so bad at like taking pictures while i'm on my trip right now because i'm just like in it you know i'm doing getting a lot done yeah like i I do try to snap a picture of the big the real big ones on my phone Mm -hmm. and try to get a good angle and all that but uh yeah you have a nice camera
0: my my camera sucks on my phone well that's because my phone's european i feel like your phone automatically automatically (laughs) makes the fish look bigger no, i just kidding.
1: <laughs> I wish, as a matter of fact, I think they look smaller. I, mean, I go home, like, that's a nice picture, no, but, but you I'm disappointed. Know, you, yeah,
0: you got, like, nice, bright photos, you know? Well, like you actually, while we're on the subject, you got to take
1: the time to do it. Like, so I see a lot of my customer photos that they take and send to me, and, like, I don't really post them as much because, uh, You know, you want that high-quality look to it, and, you know, with my brother being a film guy, you know, when I first started chartering, he would just shit on every picture I posted, and then finally told me a few little tricks, so... Um, you know, make sure the fish is clean. Um, make sure the sun is not behind the, the subject. You know, you want it behind the cameraman. Mm-hmm. And then just take, I take a bunch. Like, I'll take, like, ten pictures of the same fish from different angles. And then just pick which one I like the best. Yep. Yeah, we actually took a really cool one yesterday. No, I took it today. I kind of, like, it was rough out. And Hugo was holding, like, a 42-incher we got. And I went to go take a picture of him. And I slipped. A little bit and i okay. i went real close and the picture snapped and it was just the striper's head with hugo's head in the corner and the two eyes were looking at each other i'll show you in a yeah, minute it was kind funny. of funny but it was like a unique picture it was something different yeah you know that's cool so you know play around with that have some fun with the pictures that you're taking maybe i'll do a little bit more with that yeah
0: definitely that'd be cool uh so I'm not like a big picture. Like, I wish I, I don't know. I don't take a lot of pictures. I don't take really any pictures. Yeah. Well, because you're driving the boat, you're
1: helping people that don't know that or yeah. that you're entertaining. And I know for me, if we get a nice fish, I'm like, oh, well, there's more of them out there. There's probably a school. So baits back in the water. Reposition the boat. You guys do your thing. Yeah. You know. Or if it's anything like the last couple of weeks, trying to drift them off. You weren't taking a minute to take a picture because you were just getting beat the shit. So yep. But um, all right. It's like nine o'clock. It's way past my bedtime. All right. So
0: yeah. So good. Yeah, fishing's
1: awesome. We're on to next week. Yeah, we're on to next week. Check out mostofthemerrimac.com. Check out the blog on the Greenhens. I hope you guys find it informative because I found I thought it was pretty cool. So I I learned a lot. It was it was a fun one to write and research. So sweet.
0: All right, buddy. Until next week. See you on the water tomorrow. See you there. Bye.